Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Woo! Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nicole and Jesse both were talking about joy. And, and I've been thinking about filters, like um, the way filters work and lenses work. And, and what if we used joy as the filter and lens through which we looked at all the circumstances of life? Instead of waiting till things were good to make us happy, what if we chose joy to look through into all the circumstances of life and approach them with joy? Ha! How good would that be? <laughs> Do you, have you ever heard of Bishop Joseph Garlington? Anybody? Uh, he, one of my favorite sayings of his is he says, when, uh, when the enemy, when 10,000 times 10,000 of demons are in your front yard and they're all coming to get you, you step out on the front porch and you say, would you like to surrender now or later? <laughs> <laughs> That's looking through the filter of joy, of his victory. See, I'm from the mountains of Colorado, and we, um, <laughs> this is like a hot, hot, hot summer day for us from the mountains of Colorado. I live in Redding now. Have you ever been to Redding? <laughs> You've been to Redding? It's, it's like 115 in the summer there. I don't know what to do with that kind of heat. So we have this air conditioner. Now, we, we never used an air, never had an air conditioner in Colorado. I mean, we didn't even use them in our cars. <laughs> we opened the windows. <laughs> but I am so happy to have an air conditioner in Reading. Uh, but there are these things, these things called filters that you, um, they go in the ceiling and, you know, you, you have to take them out. You really have to take them out regularly because there's so much dust in the air. And if you don't, you take it out and this thing is just coated with dust. And, and so the air is not flowing through. Well, well, we have filters on our minds through which we see and observe and think. And there are filters on our emotions and lenses through which we see things. And they distort the way things really are. Um, I had, when I was 19 years old, I, I, I was in an accident and, and I took a metal pipe through my face and it fractured my cheekbone and ripped and detached my retina. And so that it, I ended up in surgery and, and they tried doing two surgeries and, and it, they couldn't attach it and then it developed a severe infection. And I was not a Christian at the time, didn't know anything about God or his power. Uh, but these three Catholic ladies prayed for me. The doctor said, there's this infection, we can't do another surgery, you're going to lose the eye. These three little Catholic ladies prayed for me, and the infection left that night, and they were able to do a third surgery, which reattached your retina, and I can see. Yay! (laughs) Hallelujah! So, you know, that was a trauma, okay? So, just last year, um, this eye, which has been really good, I mean, it's been exceptional, um, developed, I mean, it just began to get cloudy, and I'm thinking, ugh, you know, how many of you don't want to go to the doctor because you're going to hear bad news? (laughs) Some of you just go and hear the bad news. (laughs) With with me, I I would never think of going. It's like, (laughs) but I'm starting to think, okay, something's happening. I think it's a cataract. You know, it's getting cloudier and cloudier, and it's filtering everything that I see, and I'm trying to look through this cloud. So I went to the eye doctor, and, and actually it was good news. He said, 
He said it's from trauma. There's a, it's like a secondary cataract. It's on the back side of your lens, and all we have to do is just zap this laser right through it. It'll take five minutes right here in the office, boop, and you'll be perfectly clear. I went, okay, we'll do it. And, and it's perfectly clear. Yay! <laughs> I went to the eye doctor, and it's like 20-20 vision in this eye. So um, the point of this story is that there are lenses and filters through which we see things. And we have um, lenses from, from our experience, our religious doctrine, our legalism, our fears. Our, I mean, so many different kinds of lenses through which we see life. But those lenses distort what God has appointed for us. Okay, and the whole lens of sin has distorted it. But we, we become born again and we forget that we now have a new lens and this new lens is called the mind of Christ. We ha- it, says, it says it in Corinthians. We say have the mind of Christ. Not, not, oh, we're going to attain to it. We're going to get it. Oh, if we're really good, um, if we're as smart as Jesse or as good-looking as Nicole, we could get the mind of Christ. No, we have the mind of Christ. We're not attaining to the mind of Christ. We have it. But we're still looking through these stupid lenses. And so I want to talk about these lenses because we, we are not accessing everything that we have as an inheritance. Everything that he's given us, we're not accessing because we don't see it. We're looking through lenses. And so, so let's just do a prophetic act. We'll probably do it again at the end, but for right now, let's just clear the air. And how about if we just remove every single lens that's on our mind right now? The battlefield is in the mind. And so it doesn't matter if it's religious, emotional, um, whatever. Any, all lenses can go. What about emotional, mental? Oh, I have a mental condition. Hey, let's just... Shall we just remove that lens? Okay, so let's just stand for a moment and let's just, just pull out every other lens that's in our mind and just toss it. You don't need to blow it off and put it back in. Just, boom, it goes. And, and if you have access to the mind of Christ, it doesn't matter how attached you are to that lens. It's no good. The mind of Christ is better. Just say the mind of Christ is better. <laughs> okay, now we're just going to put on that mind of Christ. Just, woo, just put that lens on your mind. Boom. Yep. Oh, this mind is receptive to you. Hears your voice. Knows what the, what's in the mind of God. <laughs> okay, things are getting better already. You can sit down if you want. <laughs> oh. Okay, so... <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul tells us to renew our mind, that, that, that not to be conformed to this world with all those filters, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, putting on the new mind, putting on the mind of Christ, so that we can prove God's good and pleasing and perfect will. So we're going to prove it. But, you know, his good and pleasing and perfect will is assigned to us, and he's waiting for people who will take it for a test drive will step out and walk in his good and pleasing and perfect will. And so we need to access the mind of Christ in order to do this. So I want to share some scriptures here because um, sometimes we are just unaware of what we have access to. And so we don't access it. 
Um, so I'm going to make us really aware from the scripture <laughs> for a moment. We can, we're going to read some scripture, okay? I've been reading in this book. It is so good. There is so much good stuff in here. I highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 1. Open your telephones to Hebrews chapter 1. <laughs> okay, so it says in chapter 1, verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers in the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us in his son, whom he's appointed heir of, how many things? Oh, yes, yeah, say that again. Oh, he's the heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding how many things? By the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Okay, so here he is. He's become the heir of what? All things. Okay, now look, wait, 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 wait. It says also through whom he made the worlds. So he's the guy who made how many things? Okay, it says, all things were made by him, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus made everything, right? Okay, how is it then he, he's inheriting everything? Wait, if he made it, didn't it all belong to him? If he created it, was it not his? Yes, it was his. Okay, so why does he need to inherit it? This is a good question. Glad you asked. Um, <laughs> he inherited it for us. He inherited as a man. He who was God. God, you know, forever created it all and owned it all. But he gave it to man as an inheritance. And man lost the inheritance. Blew it. Gave it away. Ho. Ate the wrong tree. <laughs> he had access to the tree of life to live forever. Wisdom. Fellowship with God. Intimacy with God. Created in his image and likeness. And he looked at the other tree and it went, oh, I could know good and evil. I could die. I could experience death, life and death. I could experience that. Huh. I could have thorns and thistles when I try to grow a garden. Oh, yay. <laughs> Stupid, yes. But he did it. He gave up the inheritance of all things and life and went for the knowledge of good and evil. So Jesus became a man so that he could re-inherit everything on behalf of us and give us back the inheritance that God had for us. This is really a good deal for us. We don't have to do anything because we couldn't do anything. We were stuck with thorns and thistles and <laughs> all that stuff. Okay, so how much... Did Jesus inherit? Sure. It says in Romans 18, 
8.17 that we are co-heirs with Christ. So how much do you suppose we are co-heirs of Christ with? No, co-heirs with Christ of. I used the prepositions in the wrong place in that sentence. <laughs> my mind went faster than my tongue. <laughs> I think it's time to take another little drink of joy. <laughs> it's <laughs> it says in Hebrews 12:13 that we are all baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. Yes? That was so much fun last night because there were people from 10 different churches and it was fun. Who was there and had fun? Woo, was it fun? Yes, it was fun. Okay, so uh, we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, the body of Christ. But it also says, and we've been, all been given one spirit to drink. Now, I noticed that you have the big drink cup. I, I thought we were going to get to drink it. But <laughs> I saw it was a dipping thing. <laughs> I was in the Caribbean, I went to an Anglican church, and, uh, and so we went up for communion. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing, and so we were kneeling, and the, you know, the, the priest, and you know, one person comes by and gives you the, the bread, and you know, so I popped it, and, and then they come along with the cup, and I realize everybody else is dipping the cup, and he comes to me, and I go, I already ate it. <laughs> so he gave me the whole cup and let me drink. <laughs> have, have you ever been to the churches where they give you the little tiny communion cup? Okay, we have a choice. We can drink of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was quite enough. <laughs> I mean, there's also the option of the big wine barrel. But I'll tell you what I like to do. I'm, I love to go backpacking, and I've got one of those hydro flasks with a, a, a siphon hose. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> Why stop? He's, the Holy Spirit's been given without measure. So, <laughs> so we're co-heirs of all things with Christ, okay? It says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. It hasn't even entered into the mind of man, the heart of man, what God has prepared for those who love him. It, it's incredibly bigger. All things is way bigger than you think. All things is like blasting out every limitation in your mind of what is possible. It hasn't even entered your mind or your heart. But it says in the next verse, but he's revealed it by his spirit. Okay, so the spirit knows the mind of Christ, the things of God, and reveals them to us. And so it's really important that we have, you know, that we Utilize the access we have to the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that's why I do the little siphon hose and just keep it in my mouth. Because sometimes situations aren't so cool. <laughs> they look way better. <laughs> when you look through the filter of his joy, because in his presence is fullness of joy. I've been given the oil of joy beyond my brethren. 
<laughs> okay, we need to move on. <laughs> when do we stop this thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, in Matthew 28, how much authority does it say Jesus has in heaven and on earth? All authority. Okay, he's heir of all things. He has all the authority. And then he tells us, you know, he gives the authority to us and tell us, tells us to do things. Well, in Hebrews chapter 2, since we're in Hebrews, let's just look at chapter 2. This is God's plan for man, which Adam gave up, but God gave back. It says, what is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care, that you take care of him? You made him a little lower of the than the angels, but you've crowned him with glory and honor and set him over all the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, man, under man, under mankind, man. This is a non-gender specific word, man. It means ladies as well. Um, he left nothing that is not put under mankind's feet, but now we do not yet see all things put under him. Okay, this isn't a prophetic word saying we're not supposed to see everything under our feet. It's just saying, hey, look around. You're not seeing it. Wrong lenses. Take off the lens. And the next verse says, but we see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who suffered death, but now is crowned with glory and honor. He suffered death for us and is crowned with glory and honor. Okay, let's put on the mind of Christ, and now we look. We're seated with him in heavenly places, and we look through his mind. Instead of from the place where, huh, I'm not seeing all things under my feet. Wait. I see Jesus. I have access to the mind of Christ. Okay, we're, we're trying to change our perspective here. Okay? So, um, John 14 says that Jesus says, the works that I do, you shall do, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. Yes? Did he say that? Okay. So we have access to the works Jesus did, at least, and greater works. You know, it, does that kind of put all things under our feet? Okay. In him, through the filter of the mind of Christ, we really have access to authority over all things. Okay. Um, about 10 times in the Gospel of Matthew, it says he, you know, everyone from all over the region came to him and he healed them. Yes, all. He healed every one of them. Okay, so the works that I do, you'll do, because I, and greater works than these. So at least the work of healing them all, we should be doing, eh? Okay, so this is what we have access to. The problem is in our mindset because we're looking through these filters. And so I, I just want to share because um, we can look at the same scripture and we can look at it through the filter of limitation or the filter of abundance. Ha! We have that option. Okay, I have a friend who's, um, she's involved in a missions organization that's very famous. You would know it if I mentioned it. She's a very intelligent woman, but she looks through a lens of limitation. And so she, she wrote a blog about healing, you know, why people aren't healed today, basically. And <laughs> I only read it because it was her, and I thought, hmm, I wonder what you're thinking. And I saw that she's looking through a lens of limitation, a filter of limitation. 
So she used this scripture, the same one that I use all the time. I mean, Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father do and only said what he heard the Father say. So when I'm praying for somebody, I don't worry about what I know or what I don't know. I go, okay, pop up. What are you doing? Do you like Jesse? He never... (laughs) That's what he said. <laughs> he never says, no. <laughs> I'm so mad at him. <laughs> Something came to me, but I don't think I should say it in church. <laughs> it's the wrong filter. Okay, so... So from her mindset of limitation, she's saying, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He only, only said what he heard the Father say, and, no one, and he said, no one comes to me except the Father who sent me draws him. And so in her mindset of limitation, Jesus is going, uh, Nicole, no. Jesse, yes. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about Dominic. You know, and and he's, he's being led by limitation. Because she's seeing through a mindset of limitation that what the Father's doing could only be, okay, this, this, maybe this, not that. Peter says, God desires none should perish. None should perish in finances, in sickness, in relational dysfunction, in anything. He says he loved the world so much he gave his son that whoever, whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life okay eternal life is not a whole bunch of time after we die eternal life is life without beginning without end without limitation no limits on the life it's gushing rivers of living water that never stop we have access right now to unlimited life no limitation okay so she's looking through this filter that you know god would only the father would only send jesus to this person or this person okay so then she says you know, no one comes to me except the Father who sent me, draws him. Oh, he just drew you, but, oh, she's not. <laughs> only a few of you are being drawn, clearly. Um, I'm, and, and so when he healed, he only healed, you know, the ones the Father drew to him. Do you know what it says in the Scripture? It says they went throughout the entire region and brought everybody who was sick with anything, and he healed them all. Ha! And so we need to take off that lens of limitation, religious limitation, and we need to look at, wait, the heart of the Father is Jesus came for everybody, and everybody gets it, okay? I had somebody, you know, who was arguing with me that, you know, we couldn't pray on the street for people to get healed if we didn't lead them to Jesus and get them saved first. I went, hello? (laughs) The goodness of God leads people to repentance unborn again people get healed so much quicker than Christians on the street. They have no filters, no religious filters. And this isn't for today. I don't think Jesus does it. I, I haven't been holy. I, it might not be my time. Beep. They just go, what? He heals? Oh! I love it when, you know, people on the street get healed and they just, they cuss because they're so excited. They go, holy. (laughs) No filters. (laughs) 
Okay, so she's looking through the, the mindset of limitation, and she said, well, Jesus couldn't even heal in Nazareth because they didn't have enough faith. Does that sound like maybe the story? Go back and read it. It says he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. Oh, except he healed a few sick people. It did, their unbelief didn't keep him from healing sick people. He had some mighty works. He wanted to bring the kingdom of heaven. He wanted to transform their culture. He wanted to make them sons and daughters of the living God and give them a vision of eternity. But they wouldn't believe him. So he just healed the sick. <laughs> that was the bottom line. And they didn't even have to believe. It's whether you're looking with your mindset of abundance or limitation, restricting what God can do. Quit doing it. Let's just take that religious limitation filter out again. Blow it up. Okay. Is this okay? Is it heresy yet? I need a drink of water. Let's have a drink. Do you know... Do you know who Banning Leapshire is? It's over Jesus' culture. So one time he was trying to talk on the microphone and get a drink of water. So he put the, the water bottle between his legs and opened it. <laughs> that had nothing to do with the message. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so the pool of Bethesda. She's saying, you know, God went into the pool of Bethesda. Everybody's waiting for the angel to stir the water. That's such an Old Testament story. I mean, you know, the angel stirs the water. One guy gets in, gets healed. That is not the new covenant. We have a better covenant. Say better covenant. Yeah, come on. God desires none should perish in sickness, in anything. So here's the story. Jesus comes in. And so apparently the angel stirs the water and people get in and they get healed. But there's this guy sitting there and he doesn't move. And so what does Jesus say? He says, what do you want? Do you want to be healed? The guy goes, oh, I can't. Nobody puts me in the water. <laughs> so what, does Jesus leave him? No. He goes, bam, get up, be healed. His, all his arguments, his whining, his complaining, his... You know, everything, all his, the limitation of his mind did not keep Jesus from healing him. But what she says is, Jesus went into this place where everybody needed healing and only healed one man. Actually, it doesn't say that. It just tells the story of him looking at the, at the situation of that man who was just complaining about not being able to get what everybody else gets. You know, there's another scenario because she's presuming he only healed one person. I presume he went in and cleared the house and there's this one guy waiting there. <laughs> and he goes, hey, do you want to be healed? <laughs> Come on. You can look with as much abundance or as much limitation as you want in the scripture because it doesn't tell the whole story. So stop limiting it. Ho. <laughs> So there are so many religious mindsets that um, we need to blow up. <laughs> Jesus saw the unlimited love of the Father, and he was the exact representation of the Father, and he healed everybody who came to him, and he went to people who didn't even come to him, and he just blasted them. He healed everybody. He didn't make them repent first. He didn't make them ask forgiveness. He didn't, he didn't make them do anything. He just healed them.
If they had faith, he said, hey, great faith. Your faith has made you whole. If they had no faith, bam, you're whole. It didn't matter. That's the unlimited, abundant love of heaven. That's called, oh, grace. Whoa, grace? <laughs> ah, there is nothing you can do to make God love you more, to make God give you more. He's given it all already in Jesus Christ. And he's just wanting us to connect with that grace, to recognize it. The greatest honor that we can give God is just to recognize what he's done. One of the things he's done is he's put his Holy Spirit inside of us. So one of the greatest honors we can do is to quit going, Holy Spirit, please come, please come, please come. Holy Spirit's going, hello. <laughs> the greatest honor we can do is to recognize, oh God, you put your spirit inside of me. Oh God, you've given me all things. It says in Corinthians, all things are yours, life or death or things past or things present. All are yours. All. Say all. All. Shoo. So we have not begun to access all things. Okay. Um, Jesus says, the works that I do, you'll do greater works than these. Because I go to the Father. That whole because I go to the Father thing is he's living the life for us taking our sins, dying, resurrecting, going to the Father. And he says, when I go to the Father, I will send the promise of the Father to be. He, he, he is with you, but he will be in you. And he said, that's the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, I'll send you another helper. And that word for helper, it's parakletos, um, paraclete. And it, it, you know, it means like, as a matter of fact, ha ha, let me tell you what it means. <laughs> it means summoned to one side, called to one's aid, one who pleads another cause, another's cause, an intercessor, advocate, consoler, comforter, helper, encourager. Okay, this is what we commonly see as the Holy Spirit being that comforter, that helper. But the Aramaic word for parakletos, it, which Aramaic is probably what Jesus, the language Jesus spoke, it, it, it's a compound word. It's two words, and it means to end the curse. Ho! So here's mankind under a curse of having blown the inheritance. And the prodigal father comes running at him. Jesus comes and dies for his sins. We've been restored. We've been given. We've been restored to the inheritance of all things. And he puts the Holy Spirit in us as a deposit guaranteeing that inheritance, and the name of that Holy Spirit is the end of the curse. Whoa! What we have access to by the Holy Spirit, we, do, we should not take lightly. We need to explore it. He likes you so much he moved inside. And we need to go, hey, what are we doing in there? What are you saying? What are you doing? I have access to the same Father by the Spirit. We're one. He loves me with the same love with which he loved Jesus. We're one. And I can ask that Holy Spirit, hey, what are we doing? What are you saying? What are you doing? That's why I, I love what I do because I oversee the healing rooms and we have desperate cases 
where there is no hope for recovery. We had a woman come uh, to the healing rooms and she'd been diagnosed with macular degeneration in both eyes by two different doctors and they said, there is no turning this back. There, what, what's, there's a word I'm trying to think of. But anyway, there's no way that that is going to correct itself or get any better. Okay, it's only going to degenerate. She got an idea that maybe she'd come to Bethel Healing Rooms and she came for a period of a year. She came every chance that she could for prayer. She went back to a doctor two weeks ago. The doctor said, you have 20-20 vision and there is no sign of macular degeneration in your eyes. Whoa! I don't know how to do that. The good news is we don't have to know how. All we just go do is, oh, Holy Spirit, you're here. You're the healer. You're the one. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had a healing meeting in London, and, and tons of people were getting healed. And, and it was a really big meeting and you know, lots of healings and, and had everybody praying for each other, and they were all getting healed. And um, at the end, this, I, I was taking a video of somebody who got dramatically healed. I mean, they had broken their leg. Were in a, it, it was a Velcro cast, so they actually could take it off, and she, the lady ran around the room. I mean, totally impossible to do, completely healed. So I'm taking a video of this lady, and this woman comes up and goes, I need you to pray for me. I mean, I hate, I hate it when that happens, when, you, when everybody's praying for each other and people are getting healed, but I must have the man of God pray for me. Really, it is my least favorite thing. So, so at the end of the meeting, <laughs> just don't use that line, okay? Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I've got my phone out because I'm videoing, and she goes, I need you to pray for me. Oh, it's my back, my back. And I, I just looked at my phone, and I went, oh, it's God. He's calling you. He's got a message for your back. And I put my phone on her back, and she got instantly healed. She went, whoa, and she ran around the room. <laughs> now, how does that work? Where's that in the Bible? <laughs> Technique is not in the Bible. When you realize what you have access to, because you have access to God by one spirit, you have access to all things. It says the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit guaranteeing the full inheritance. Okay, the inheritance is everything. It's everything. And we've been given the Holy Spirit as a deposit that guarantees that inheritance. Now, this is remarkable to me. Okay, so Jesse, I have a billion dollars and I would just like to sign you up as my heir. Is that okay? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to just pop uh, 250000 in your bank account right now just as a deposit guaranteeing the inheritance, but you have access to the whole thing. Okay with you? Okay. Um, so, you know, the deposit that guarantees the inheritance, like if you buy a house, you know, it, it's a $500,000 house, you know, you put down 20% or whatever as a deposit. The deposit is this little thing. What's the deposit on our inheritance? The Holy Spirit, it's God. God, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, is the deposit that guarantees the whole inheritance. That's nuts. God does everything wrong in heaven. It's totally backwards. That's why we need the filter of the mind of Christ because it isn't, he doesn't do things like we do. And in our mindset of limitation, we limit the way he has to do things. I've got to get right. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. has to line up. And he's going, hello, blessing is waiting for you. 
Okay, so um, we had a lady who, um, she, I mean, his blessings just are. It's really hard to stop his blessing. But we can put on a filter and, you know, the blessings are dumping and we're just not getting them. There was a lady who, um, she had this thing, it was like MS, um, and she was a very athletic woman and she was so angry and so bitter. People had prayed for her and she was mad at God. Hey, do not get mad at God when bad things happen. That's like shooting yourself in the foot. He's the answer. He's not the problem. Get mad at the other guy. (laughs) and let God set a table before you in the presence of that other guy and watch what he'll do. So she got mad at God and just cut herself off from, you know, every opportunity. Um, But she's really bitter, and her family said, hey, would you pray for us? I said, sure. So we went to see her, and she knew who I was. She was willing to have me pray. But um, I like to to just ask, what are you doing? What are you saying, God? What's happening here? And all of a sudden, I had, I had this little vision. And how many of you have ever had a vision? Anybody? Okay. Some of you. The rest of you, we just release visions. <laughs> You're going to have visions. Now, visions are not this scary thing. Um, I mean, who understands visions? I have no idea how visions work. Am I in my imagination? Am I out of my body, in my body? I don't have any idea. I just like them. <laughs> and I'm a visual person, so I really like little movies, and I see movies over people. So, so I, I, I went to pray for her, but, but I don't pray usually. I just stop and go, what are you saying? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, I saw this huge garbage bag coming, you know, like, that, <laughs> that thing is so cheesy, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I offend you in your decor? <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> so it was a, a big black pl- plastic garbage bag, you know, like as big as that thing, coming down out of heaven, and it was constricted right over her head. Just, just tied off and a little string dangling down. And I became aware. It was, it was open at the top like a giant funnel, and all the blessings of two years since she started having this problem were pouring out of heaven and bulging, and, but they were all caught in this garbage bag and just constricted and not getting to her. And so now we have choices. You know, with the mindset of limitation, you can go, oh, what did you do that caused this to be constrictive? We need to look into the problem. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> I saw there was a string. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'll bet if you just pull that string, all those blessings are going to be released. Well, I should have thought about it. I mean, this is two years of blessing hitting her all at once. I mean, she wasn't thinking... <laughs> so she in an unthinking way just went okay and reached up and pulled the thing boom two years of blessing bam (laughs) 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 wreckage on the floor (laughs) you know there's healing in all those blessings. There's provision, there's love, there's everything that she was missing hit her all at once. Now, I don't, I mean, in my mindset, now some of you are great counselors. I hate counseling. Some of you love it. You, you would help her work through processing so that she doesn't, you know, set up mindsets that limit. Pull the string. That's my, <laughs> that's, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a whack him and stack him kind of guy. <laughs> okay. I mean, is all this making sense? Okay, we have access to more than we know, and we aren't accessing it because the filters we're looking through. And so we need to blow up all of those filters. Um, we, he's removed the curse. He's placed himself inside of us. Who is access to all of the inheritance. And so even when we don't know what the inheritance is, we've got the mind of Christ and we go, oh, I've got this business opportunity. I need these finances. We need to work through this relational dysfunction. Um, I need healing for this. It's all there in the inheritance. All we have to do is just turn to the Holy Spirit who's inside. We don't have to plead. We don't have to beg. We don't have to fast. We don't have to pray. Um, I mean, fasting and praying is good. Sometimes it just gets rid of all those distractions that keep getting in your way. And, but you know, the, the, the strange thing for me is when I fast... Usually nothing happens until I stop fasting. <laughs> but I think the fasting is good because it just, you know, all of those distractions are gone and all of a sudden I'm turning towards him. But the an I don't usually see the answer until I, I start eating again and then boom, everything starts. So in reality, maybe it's after you fast you should eat and everything will come to you. No, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just joking. No, fasting is good to get rid of those distractions and align yourself up with what's really true. But when you're fasting, hey, wallow in the word of God, in his promises for you. This is what I have access to and I'm not seeing it. I'm just cutting out all other distractions because this is what I want. This is the feast I want to feast on. It's all your promises. You know, go after them with gusto. Um, I feel like um, I want to do something right now um, because I because the battlefield's the mind and I feel like there are limitations that a lot of people you know just accept religious limitations whatever limitations we accept on our minds and I really want to blast them all out of the way but I also um, I just got this feeling that there are mental there that there are attacks of mental conditions on people and, and so I, I just want to blast those things out of the way. I mean, every single mental condition God wants to eradicate and he wants to bring all of us into the glorious freedom of the children of God. And so um, I, I asked my good friend Johnny, come up here, Johnny, you're on. <laughs> I, I sort of told him I might put him on the spot. <laughs> and Johnny's got an amazing testimony. He's one of my interns. He's, you guys stand up. These are my three interns this year. When, when Johnny starts talking, you guess where he's from. Dominic's from Germany. <laughs> David's, from, <laughs> David's from Sacramento, California. Woo! Okay, so we have all nations team here. So, Johnny, go ahead and just share what is on your heart. Yeah, great. Um, hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm from England. Do you recognize the accent? Um, and... Um, interning with Chuck, who genuinely is the happiest person I've ever met. And um, I used to be really happy, and uh, then I became a church leader, and um, <laughs> that, that severely impaired my joy. Um, we led a church for seven years, and it started off great, and we saw God do some amazing things. Uh, but over the history of the church plant, uh, I can describe it like this. My 
inner world became smaller than my outer world. Like the, the pressures and the demands and the expectations of people uh, pressed upon me, and I was driven full of performance and a lot of anxiety. And uh, this, this went on for three or four years. After seven years of doing the church plant, um, I had a full-blown nervous breakdown. Um, I was there one, one moment, and the next minute I was in my bed, um, weeping and weeping and weeping. And uh, I went on for days, weeks, months. Uh, this huge black cloud of depression came upon me. Um, I was full of fear, anxiety, panic attacks. Some of you can relate to what I'm saying. Um, going into a shop and just trying to make a basic decision. You know, which bottle of wine should I buy? Being at the shelf for, you know, 30 minutes. Um, unable to make basic decisions. And, um, yeah, it was crippling. Off work for nine months. Um, went back to the church for um, another nine months part-time after that. And uh, then realized, actually, I just need, to, I need a break from church. Um, so what I did was I moved to Bethel, to Reading. And, um, and that was an amazing, amazing choice um, because it's just been this beautiful journey of healing and restoration. But what I found was after doing the school of ministry, I was partway through the first year, all of the things from my nervous breakdown started to come back to me. It was the Christmas time, and uh, I was, again, full of fear, full of anxiety, panic attacks. This cloud of depression came upon me, and um, it went on for two or three months, um, sorry, two months um, into the end of um, February, and it culminated on a Friday night, and I went to bed that night, and I was just done. I was like done with life, suicidal, and went to sleep that night, and as I slept, I had a dream, and in the dream, there was a picture of a knife, a hunting knife in the back of my head, and it was being twisted. And then the hand switched from the hand of, um, I don't know whose hand it was, I can guess, <laughs> um, to the hand of Chuck coming on the knife and pulling the knife out. And I'd only ever met Chuck once before, and all I knew about Chuck was that he was a man full of joy, and he led the healing rooms. The healing rooms happens on a Saturday morning. I had the dream on the Friday night. So I wake up after having this dream about the hunting knife, being pulled up by Chuck. Saturday morning, I know what I need to do. I need to go to the healing rooms. So I race off to the healing rooms. I open the door to the church. There's hundreds, literally hundreds of people. The first person I meet is Chuck. He's walking around with a cup of coffee and a big grin on his face. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the right place. But I was full of shame. I was full of fear. I didn't want to say I've got a hunting knife in my head. Um, I was, you know, I was crazy. Um, I didn't want to let anyone else know that. And uh, so on the form, I wrote asthma. What's your physical illness? I put asthma. <laughs> I thought, you know, that's safe. <laughs> it's really a hunting line. <laughs> so you go through these different rooms. I end up in the encounter room. I'm sitting there uh, with my piece of paper that says asthma. These two first-year students come, and they lay hands on me, praying for my asthma. I shouldn't die. I'm Got my eyes closed, and then all of a sudden, after the, about you know, two or three minutes of prayer, I feel this third hand on my head, and as soon as the hand goes on my head, my head starts vibrating like a pneumatic drill, just and lasts for about 20 seconds, the hand comes off, and I'm like, Phew. they're saying, how's your asthma? I'm like, forget about my asthma, like, I've never felt peace like I feel it now. I didn't know this existed. And they said, oh, it's no surprise, because as we were praying, Chuck came and put his hand on your head. And in that moment, something changed. I've never been the same. That was almost three years ago. And from that moment, I've walked in freedom, victory. I'd had counseling up until that moment, but I can say in a moment, God can bring incredible freedom. 
And so I just released that story, that testimony of the goodness of God. And uh, yeah, we just want to go after that today. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> so I just feel like this is what God wants to do in the room right now. He's changing everything. Um, there are filters in your mind that we're taking off that limit what God can do, but there are also some filters that have seriously limited you. And, and I just want to ask if, if you have, um, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you have had, um, oops, uh, night terrors, uh, difficulty sleeping, bad dreams, depression, suicidal thoughts, um, bipolar, uh, you know, any, any condition of the mind that has restricted and limited you and kept you from the glorious freedom of the children of God. I just want to ask you to stand up because we're going to release a healing for you. Any, any condition of the mind um, the, you know, whether, that keeps you from well-being, oh, this must be what God's doing. Look at all these people. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, um, first of all, I just want to empower you to receive everything God has for you, and then we're all going to pray for you. But first of all, if, you, if those of you who have any kind of mental, mental condition that you, you want freedom from, just put your hands on your head, both, both hands just right on your head, and when I count to three, we're just going to blow that thing off your head, okay? Just get ready. Okay, one, two, three, boom! Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just going to ask the people around you, if you would um, just lay hands on them and just begin to release the love of God all over their minds. Yep, we're just going to declare, yep, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is going to replace everything. Right now, for some of you, there's a rewiring of your brains that's happening. There's a re there are places where it's shorted out. There are places where, where connection isn't being made. Like Johnny was saying, he couldn't even make a decision. The connections were not firing in the brain. We just declare right now, right now, a rewiring of the brain and a refiring. Yep, right now. Things connecting that were disconnected. Yep. And, and so those of you who are uh, releasing on people right now, love and the shalom of heaven, the peace of God. Just, to, just declare his peace, the shalom of heaven, and the love of God over their brain, their thinking processes. Everything's coming into alignment, yep, with God's perfect peace. Things are being realigned. Th you know, old things are lifting off and gone. They've been blown off. The oldest past. Yep, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The oldest past, the new has come. All things are being made new right now. This is, this is a work of God. It's a miracle. We can't figure it out. It's not, it's not linear, rational thought. It's a miracle. God is coming in with a miracle and relieving you from oppressions that have kept you bound. Yep. If you can identify with, uh, with Johnny's story, just go ahead and reach out and grab the handle of that knife. You can just pull it right out of your head. Boom! It, yep, it doesn't belong there. It didn't come from God, and it doesn't have to stay. So right now, I just release that peace of God 
the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is now coming upon your minds and hearts to guard you, to keep you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to ask you something. How many of you that stood, um, you feel like something happened. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe you don't know. But there's something that you can feel that something has happened. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Something is beginning. Something is beginning. Yep. I just declare, I declare over your sleep, that your sleep is going to be sweet. Your dreams are going to be heavenly. Your mind is being invaded by the love of God, and, and thought processes are changing inside your mind. It's a work of God. It's part of our inheritance. It's some of what God has brought us, and it's what the Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing. Okay? So I, I do want to ask one more thing. If, if you are in this room... Um, if you're in this room and actually you don't know Jesus, um, you just have, I mean, you came along for whatever reason, but you, you've not ever surrendered your life to him. You've not ever asked him to come in and take away the curse that's on your life, to cleanse you from all your sin, and to give you a brand new life. Um, we'd like to offer that to you today. Is there anybody here that you have never entered into that? amazing love relationship with Jesus Christ and you would like to today. We just want to offer that. Is there anybody? Wouldn't, wouldn't like to get, go by without having the opportunity for everyone to receive his goodness and his love. Yep. And for those of you who are receiving ministry in any mental area, um, you're trying really hard to get it. It's not going to receive it. You're letting go, letting go, and letting God's healing come in. Yep, he did the work. We don't have to. Oh, my goodness, is that good news? He did the work. Whoa! He did the work that we don't even know how to do. Johnny didn't even know how to deal with that, but God did it. Do you know that I didn't even know that he had a two-foot knife sticking out of his, the back of his head? I didn't even know him. As a matter of fact, I was wandering around the room, and part of the story you told me that you didn't say was um, he was going to ask me to, to pull it out or to do something or pray for him. And, and I just walked by him, not paying any attention, and he chickened out. <laughs> I think, did you chicken out twice, maybe? That I walked by? Three times he chickened out of asking me. You know what? God didn't care. God didn't go, uh, when you get enough courage, buddy, then you'll get healed. He just, I, I'm just, I just saw this head sitting down, and, and I'm just doing what the father's, yeah, I just saw the father's hand go on his head, and I just went over and put my hand on this guy's head, and he starts vibrating like a jackhammer. To me, that's always a good thing. But when I was done, I just walked on. I never even asked him what happened. I didn't know until the next Tuesday when he and his friends said, we got to tell you what happened. I went, whoa, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> and God's put us together. He's interning with me now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's an amazing man of God. His, I had the joy of, of meeting his wife for the first time that year. And she came to me and she said, I have my husband back. 
The kids have their father back. That's, that's a restoration. The, Johnny is a trophy of God's grace, and each one of us is. Each one of us, he's brought out of a pit, out of a miry clay, out of some place where we were locked in a mindset looking through filters that didn't show reality. You know, the, the actual word for, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth. That word for truth is actually reality. When the Holy Spirit comes, brings the mindset of Christ, the mind, mind of Christ, he's actually going to bring you into the real reality. You're going to see the real, who wants the real reality? Okay, let's all just stand up right now. Yep. So, you know, we talked about taking off the filters. We, we did a prophetic act, but... But I just think that, you know, we want to connect with it right now. Okay? So let's turn our attention to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Everybody said that they are believers here. So you have the Holy Spirit. Because God said you have the Holy Spirit. He says you're temples of the Holy Spirit. And I placed my Holy Spirit inside of you. He says that the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Okay, it says the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing the inheritance. It says we have the Holy Spirit inside the Spirit of God who bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God and cries out, Abba, Father. We have the Spirit who has access to the relationship of the Father. My own children, they just know me. They just come up to me. They don't go to a stranger. They know who I am. I'm their papa. My grandchildren know. I'm their grandpa. Okay, there's that spirit that bears witness. You know he's your daddy. He's your, who's your daddy? <laughs> and so let, just turn your attention towards that spirit who's inside of you. And I just want you to know that everywhere you are, in every situation you're in, honoring God is just recognizing that he's right here. It's respect. Oh, you are here. It's not pleading, it's not begging, it's not denying it, it's not looking through limitation, it's just going, God, I honor you, you're right here. And then we can say, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? What are you doing? What are you saying? And so right now, I just declare a release of the joy of heaven and a release of the mind of Christ, the access, the unlimited access to the mind of Christ, the thinking of Christ for each and every one of us. We're going to go out. Things are going to look differently today. You're going to see things through his mind. You're going to have a perspective that you've been missing as we've taken off those filters and removed those lenses and I just invite you, Holy Spirit, every time we put on those crummy old dirty lenses and try to look at life through that, just remind us. Just remind us, hey, take those things off. I want to show you reality from heaven. Amen? Amen. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at PresenceOC.org to find out more about Presence Church.